so grateful um, that you guys are here. I got to just remind us of what we learned so far. This is the last week of um, this series. I just want to remind us where we've been, and then I want to take us to where we're going today. Is that okay? Okay. So basically what we've been talking about is a really super sensitive subject. It's your money, right? And we'll all get very, very touchy on it, and we all get very, very sensitive, but I've tried to remind you in every service that this is not a, ser- this is not a series for what I want from you. This is a series for what I want for you, right? We're not, we're not trying to rob you. So the first thing we said is we got to get a handle on our expenses, right? we got to get a handle. We have to know. If we don't know where the money's going, we'll never be able to manage it well. Imagine, imagine if you were building a house and you said, you know, the, the, the plumber came in with the pipes and said, where do you want these hooked up to? And you just said, ah, let them go wherever, let the water go wherever it's going to go. Imagine if you said that. That would be insane. Wouldn't that be insane? Of course it would be insane. So you got to get a handle on your expenses. So the first thing we said is calculate what you owe. What do you owe? Student loans, car note, uh, whatever. Whatever your debt is, credit card debt, just kind of get it under control. Find out what it is. Just get the number. Is it 5000 Is it 50000 Last week you heard a testimony of a guy who was uh, in debt between two dollars and $300,000 and God helped him get out of it. It's just amazing. He can do the same for you, but we, got, we won't know unless you do that. Okay, the second thing is write down every expense. We said you got to write down every expense. Now, what's important about this particular deal is that when you write it all down, there's no guessing game involved. Once you write it down, it's all there. Uh, we, we put up last week a, uh, an app, Every Dollar app, right? Every Dollar app, and it literally told you where every penny went, how much money came in, and it does a pie chart for you. It's amazing. So that's one of the things that we learned throughout this series. Next thing is we found out, tell your money where to go. Listen, we don't want our money to tell us what to do. We want to tell our money where to go. So the first thing we were going to do is we were going to make a budget. Now, this is just so important. You've got to make a budget. I showed you my budget. It's not that complex. Just Tell your money where to go. You should never, we should never, we should never ever say, man, where did my money go? That should never come out of our mouths. It's a terrible thing to say. Um, secondly, or, or we said, stick to the budget. Don't just make the budget, stick to it, right? Don't, don't make the budget and forget about it, but go ahead and stick to it. Now we'll, I'm moving too fast. Okay. Yeah, no, you can just go back into the rest of the series. This is just a quick review. You can go back into the series and, all right, but yeah, it's, it's, it's make a budget, stick to the budget. This is important. The reason this is important is because you usually, listen, savers usually marry spenders. Can I get an amen? Yeah, sure, right, yeah. Savers marry spenders, right? Um, so I won't tell you what's what in my family, but, um, but there is a... Very handsome saver and a very lovely spender in my house. So savers like to marry spenders. Now, now this, this causes a fight. Now, what, one of the things you can do, and one of the things that I've done, is, uh, is just, for instance, you, ha- you can budget your generosity. You know how, like, my wife knew that I just gave money away. 
So she goes, okay, here's the money that you have to give away. People would come up to me, I need a sandwich. People would come up to me, help me with an electric bill, whatever. And I would just go, of course, of course. And then I would put my family in a, in a uh, position that's not so good. So my wife would go, okay, this is as much money as you have. And then with my wife, she got an allowance and, you know, just spend it on whatever you want. And so, but that's, you can, you, can, you can do that. Make a budget, stick to the budget. Okay. And then break it down, guys. Break it down. Give, save, spend the rest. We said we want to put God's money first. And if you want to deal with money, listen, I'm not telling you anything I don't tell my kids, anything that I don't practice for myself. Every time you get paid for whatever you're going to give, you're going to save, you're going to spend the rest. You're going to give, you're going to save. My daughter is doing a summer job. This is how her thing goes. She's going to give 10%. That's just going to come off the top. Then she's going to save. She's going to save a crazy amount because she doesn't need to spend that much. Now, I'm going to tell you why she's going to save. She's going to save 70%. That's crazy aggressive, right? But in two years, she knows she wants a car. She knows that. So you know what she's doing? She's taking her summer money, and she's saving because she can see that two years from now, right? And so she's going to give. She's going to save. She already has in her, like, vehicle account, I think something like, I don't know, 207 or $227. Not so bad because it's two years from now. She's saving. Give 10%. She's saving 70%, and then she's living off of 20%. 20% is what she's going to spend on clothes or whatever like that. Now, it doesn't matter what her budget's like. Question is, what's yours, right? So you're going to give 10%, right? You're just going to do that. And then you're going to save whatever you're going to save, right? 5%, 10%, 20%, whatever you're going to do. Now, here's the thing. People go, I can never, never do that. Listen, if the government, if the government right now raised taxes by 20%, in your life, you'd learn to live without it. Whatever money you make, like if you make $100 a week and the government just said, now nah, we're going to take 20 more dollars out of your account, I mean, out of your pay, you'd learn to live with it. So, stop, listen, why, why don't you pay yourself? Pay yourself. You've been paying everybody else. Pay yourself. Enjoy yourself. Good night. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So, that's it. Now, now, we did all this because, because we want you to be secure. We, we want you to be intelligent financially. Yesterday, I met with a precious woman who wasn't sure what her future was going to look like. She spent her whole life serving the Lord, and it made me mad. It just made me mad that, you know, she was in the predicament that she was in. It. And I was just... My, my brain was racing. How could, you know, could she Airbnb her apartment? Could she, you know, like how? She, but we had to think like that because of the position that she was in. Beloved, I just don't want that for you. I want you to be the generous person in your family. I want you to be the super gracious person. I want you to be able to give to others and be generous with them. But here's what I know. You're never going to do what we just said unless you trust Jesus. Now, this is a really important message for those of you who are here who don't know Jesus. Let me tell you why this is such an important message. This message, you get to sit here and listen 
to what Christians really think about their stuff and how we view our stuff in light of our relationship with Jesus. So if you're here and you don't know Christ or you're just like kicking the Christian tires or you're not sure, hey, is Christianity for me? I don't know. This is a great service for you. But if you're here and you know Jesus, then this is an exceptional service for you as well because both of you will learn where your dependence lies. Now, before I go on, I got I to gotta do a little confessional when I was growing up. The message that I'm going to give you now is super hard for me to apply. It's really, really hard for me to do. And I'm not preaching this message. I feel like a really heavy person preaching about dieting right now because I really, I don't do this well. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is because we're all, we all may struggle. Let me tell you, when I grew up, I grew up in a super, super poor family. Like, really, really poor. Like, when we went to sleep, there was no calefacción. Somebody tell me calefacción in English. Heat. Yeah, there was no heat. There was no heat. I'm talking about we would put on our clothes, our shoes, our coats, a blanket. We slept together, not because we didn't have enough beds. And some, no, when my, me and my brother, yeah, it was that way. But we all slept together because we were freezing. You could see your breath when we talked in our apartment. We had no, my mother regularly went into hospitals and my father left when I was 11, which literally left us zero dollars of income. How did the rent get paid? It didn't. How did you eat? We would lie. We would go to the store. Anybody remember taking friao? Friao. Yeah, friao is a Spanish word that means credit, but because it was so close to the English word free, I thought that they were giving it to us for free. And so I would go downstairs, true story, I would go downstairs and I would get a box of cereal or whatever I would get, like spam, box of cereal, whatever we would get. We would put it on the, the counter and they would go, oh, Doña Carmen. I will go, and that was like, that was my Express, American Express card, right? Doña Carmen. And so I would take the food. My mother was in the hospital for months. She would come back and owe the entire neighborhood like a thousands of dollars, right? But that was the only way we could live. No relatives checking in on us, no money, no electric, no, no phone, no TV. It was this poor. Okay, why am I telling you this? Because I grew up and security was a big deal. I needed security in my life. So when I, when I grew up, it was all about saving. Now you can understand why I'm a saver. Not because I'm a wise person, but because I'm a fearful person. We can't, no, 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 no. We can't go broke like that again. We can't. Whenever I get in debt, I got to pay it off right away. I got to do that, right? And so I grew up with some of that trauma, and it hurt me. And then I came and served in ministry and got homeless twice. And that didn't help my anxiety. And so I have this fear that crawls around in me all the time that the gospel says, Edwin, don't have this fear. And I go, but you don't know what I've been through. And Jesus goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I go, but Jesus, you don't understand what, I, what my history has been. And Jesus is like, really, tell me all about it. <laughs> Here's the deal. Maybe you're like that. I bet, I, bet, I bet if I pass that microphone around to this group, you'd be able to tell your story about, man, you know, Twinkies and quarter drinks, man. Just like we had no money. And there was no, 
nothing to do and nothing to eat. And, you know, we relied on cheese lines and, and all that stuff. I get it. So when I'm speaking today, I'm speaking to you as somebody who struggles with this too. But what I want us to do is I want us to be gospel-centered and biblically-centered rather than being emotionally and historically-centered, right? Is that okay? So we're going to wrestle through this together. And if I don't do it perfect and you don't do it perfect, we're not angry at each other, but we're all going to grow. Is that okay? All right. So we're going to look today at Luke chapter 12. Now, before we get there, Jesus is talking. It's a long passage, and Jesus is talking to them about money. He's talking to them about money, and then he comes up to this passage, and he tells this incredible parable about this dude whose, whose trust is all in his money. And so he makes like a billion dollars, and he, grow, he, he creates uh, big uh, warehouses for all of his grain, and it's amazing. And then he goes, he goes oh, I'm just going to save the grain, and because my life depends on how much I have, not on... God who's given me how much I have, but on how much I have. And let me just let you know this. I don't know if you know this. Sometimes you have fewer days than dollars. Sometimes it does, you, can, you can have a million dollars in the bank, and sometimes you just have fewer days than that. So he didn't know that. He didn't get that lesson. So he planned, and, and he died that same day. Jesus takes that parable. Now, that doesn't mean, by the way, that you shouldn't save or anything like that. All over the Bible, it talks about saving and planning for the future. That's not what we're talking about. But what we are saying is that the basis of our trust for our future is not our finances. It's not the budget. It's not, that's not the basis of our trust. The basis of our trust is Jesus. So those of you who are on a fixed income, you need to hear this message because the basis of your trust is not on your Social Security check or whatever else comes in or your pension fund, or whatever, the basis of your trust is Jesus. For those of you who make a ton of money, more money than you know what to do, listen, the basis of your trust is not in the check that you make or your ability to create finances. The basis of your trust is in Christ. And this is what Jesus is trying to teach us. So, Jesus, we're going to find Jesus speaking at Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 34, and that's sort of the, the back uh, backstory, and now we're going to go to 22 to 34. One of the things that we do is we stand at the reading of God's word because God rules. God is amazing. Now, as we go through this text, I want you to think through um, how this applies in your life because it's not just your stuff. It applies to everything. And we're also going to take communion together. So uh, I think it's going to be really powerful. Um, let's I'll tell you what, I'll read um, 22 to 31, and then we'll read 32 to 34 together. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They, do not store, they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you, how much valuable you are than birds? Who do you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the wildflowers grow, how wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. 
If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? You of little faith. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things. And your Father knows that you need them. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Let's read this together. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Have a seat. This is God's word. Okay. Here's the big idea for today. Are you ready? This is the thing that I want us to really get down deep in our heart. Jesus is saying, listen to me, when fear grips your heart, remember, God's got you. So when fear grips you, remember that God's got you. That's all I want you to remember today. Because fear is going to come. Ah, the bills are coming in. Ah, the pink slip is in. Ah, we're not making enough money. Ah, you got laid off. Ah, we're going to be, listen, listen, listen. When fear grips you, God's got you. That God, listen, God is not beholden to how much you have. He's not, he's not, he's not closed in by what you can do. And I'm telling you, I've experienced this over and over in this church. I've experienced this in my life. My kids could tell you stories about how God provided for us. I remember one day, it was a particularly low point. We were homeless for two years, and it was about, I don't know, about a year and a half in, and there was no hope in sight. And I remember just being in the bathroom and, like, tears welling up in my eyes because all I wanted to do was give my wife a kitchen for Christmas. That's all I wanted. I wanted to give her a kitchen because we lived in my office and she had to cook with, you know, a dozen or so homeless people um, in this kitchen, which we don't mind because we were homeless too. And so (laughs) I'm just saying I wanted to give her the gift. And did you know, 20 minutes later, 20, less than 20 minutes later, God put on somebody's heart to call us and say, hey, by the way, we're going away for two weeks. We were wondering if you wanted to just kind of house sit. We know you're not, you know, you, we know you ain't got nowhere else to stay. And, and it was an incredible gift to me that reminded me, when fear grips me, God's got me. Because what I can do is not necessarily the only thing that God can do. God can do far more, far more than whatever I can imagine. And so 
Jesus wants to get this in our head over and over and over and over again. And what he does is he drills down on this. Look at the first paragraph. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, and about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They're an unclean animal. The ravens are an unclean animal. They're not even allowed to be used in the ceremony for the Jewish people. And Jesus is talking to Jewish people at this point. He's going, consider the ravens, those birds that are not even clean. You can't even use them in ceremonies. God's got them. Listen to what he says. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you can't do this very little thing, why do you worry? about the rest. You in the back. Yeah, Jesus, I worry because I don't have anything. I worry because I'm afraid that I'm going to run out. I worry because I feel like by worrying, I make things better. Why do you worry about these things? See, what Jesus is talking about um, is, um, has anybody ever heard of um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, yeah. right? You get that in like high school or college, right? Do we, have, um, do we have it up there? No? Because I messed up, I'm sure. We should have had it up there. But Maslow's hierarchy of needs is basically this pyramid. And um, on the bottom, it, the, the very bottom of the pyramid speaks, it, what it does is it speaks about the different needs of a human being, right? And the very bottom is the most basic um, needs that we have. It's food shelter. It's like the most basic, basic needs. And then it goes up to like, and I think it, the last one is self-actualization, which means like you can dream, you can like, you know, that's where, you know, when you have all your needs met, that's when you can dream and say, I'm going to be, you know, a lawyer. I'm going to be, a, you know, where you start, it's, it's like where you start thinking about things that are not necessarily um, uh, necessary. There it is, Right? So physical, there's physical needs, uh, like food and um, shelter. And then there's safety, you know, so if you have food and shelter, but you live in a tribal clan at war with another tribe, uh, you're not thinking about much more than, you know, sharpening your blade or doing whatever you need to do. And then love and belonging. We need this, right? We need relationship and sex, and, you know, that's wonderful. And then we need esteem, and that's just being able to believe that you can actually accomplish that which you're trying to do. And then self-actualization has to do with like, you know, being able to dream and hope, etc., like that. Now watch this. What Jesus is talking about is the very bottom rung. He's bringing it all the way down to the bottom. And he's saying this. Listen, listen, listen. When fear grips you, God's got you. That when you are anxious, he goes, therefore I tell you, don't worry. Don't worry. Oh, you know why you worry? Because I'm afraid. That's why I worry. I worry because I'm afraid. When fear grips you, God's got you. He goes on to say this, because he doesn't believe you're convinced. You go, but no, 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 but, 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 but. And Jesus is like, okay, I get it, I get it. You're not convinced. Let me tell you a little bit more. Consider, verse 27, consider how the wild flowers grow. 
They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Solomon, for those of you who don't know, was one of the greatest kings in Israel. He, um, he was considered one of the richest men, like he was the Bill Gates of his times, like one of the richest men um, alive. He was brilliant, super wise. And when he dressed up, I mean, right, he wore really nice stuff, right? And Jesus is saying, even he can't dress like one of these flowers. He, even he doesn't have, in all his wealth, can't be taken care of the way God takes care of flowers. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? Let's pause there. Who clothed? Quick question. Arhal, who clothed you this morning? Just in case you don't know, every question I always ask from this pulpit, the answer is Jesus, okay? So I'll make the test easy. The test is easy. So this morning, okay, Recovery House of Worship, let's try this again. Who dressed you this morning? If you have any hope to eat food today, who gave you this food? Did you sleep under a, a, a shelter? Did you have a shelter sleepover? Who gave you that shelter? Jesus. Yeah. Do you believe that? Yes. It's because we have Jesus. And he clothes the listen, flowers here today, gone tomorrow. But you're here, and I get it, you're worried. You're concerned because the bills are backed up and maybe you messed up on your money and then maybe you used this credit card to pay that credit card and you did that, you know, you played that little shuffle game for a lot of years and now you're jackpotted. Listen to me, even if you get kicked out of your house, Jesus, God, because when fear grips you, God's got you. He goes, you of little faith. So let's bring it in. Sometimes I just got to do that. Sometimes I just got to go, okay, Jesus, here's the truth about me. Poquito faith. Very little. No faith. No faith to speak of. Jesus, would you remind me? Because remember, Jesus is not doing this from the cloud. Like, in other words, Jesus is not a stranger coming into your life and just go, hey, hey, trust me. He's not a car salesman, right? He's not coming in and going, trust me. You know, or anything like that. No, no, no. Jesus is saying, I got a track record with you. There are some debts that you had to pay that I took care of. There were some things that you owed that you could not have supplied for yourself. Jesus, there, Jesus would say, there was a debt that was so great in your life it was a sin debt. And it needed to be play, paid to the glory of God, the holiness of God. And you and I were woefully lacking in our financial account. And Jesus came in and he said, I'll pay. You, you know that shame that you walk around with? Jesus goes, give it to me. I'll give you honor. You give me your shame. 
You know that guilt that you feel over that stuff that you've done to the people that you've done it to? Yeah, Jesus goes, give me, you give me your guilt and I'll give you forgiveness. And Jesus says, if he can take care of the debt that could not be paid any other way, surely he could handle your electric bill. Surely he could handle your rent. Surely he could handle it even when you lose everything. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The last time I was homeless, I was homeless for eight months. And I never had to sleep on the street. We slept for one week in my office, and then one house opened up for us. And then after a month, another house opened up for us. And another. Jesus took care of us. And so I got to preach this to myself. I got to remind myself that even when I was a little boy, Jesus got me. That even when I felt everything was out of control, it wasn't out of control for Jesus. Jesus feeds, Jesus clothes, Jesus provides, Jesus gives, Jesus, Jesus does it all. And he reminds us, for the pagan world runs after such things. People who don't know Jesus worry about this. People who don't know Jesus worry about this. And let's face it. We're so addicted to worry. It's as almost as if it's the national pastime. I remember a pastor, he told me this, and it was just shocking to me. He said, Edwin, you know, because he was speaking to our, he was actually speaking to our church. And he said, why pray when you can worry? Why rely on Jesus? when you can spend all your time being fretful. Listen. We can pray. And in our prayer, this is what our prayer looks like. Jesus, you took care of my eternity. Now, do me a favor. Take care of this month's rent. Jesus, you've taken care of my soul and sin. You've taken care of my shame and my guilt. You've taken care of my dirty and my grimy. Lord, would you help me? Help me to take care of my toiletries and food. You know, he can do it. He can do it. Then he goes on to say, do not be afraid, to which I go, <clears throat> give me a minute. <laughs> don't be afraid. Jesus is not saying don't feel your emotions. Jesus is saying look to something greater and better than your fear. Because when fear grips you, God's got you. And here's the reason why. You see the four there? Do not be afraid, little flock. Four! This is the basis why Jesus can say, don't be afraid. This is the basis why Jesus says, don't worry. This is the basis. He's not just pulling it out of the sky. He's saying, don't do Four! Your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. What you know about that? That's awesome. Your royalty. He's been pleased to give you the kingdom. Then he goes, and Jesus is, is awesome. He goes, God, God has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions. 
Give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. Jesus is telling, listen, when we put God first, when we put God first, it's what we were talking about last week. When we put God first, man, that doesn't wear out. I'm telling you, I've bought bikes and cars. I've bought clothes and shoes. They're not here anymore. They were destroyed by one thing or another. But I'm telling you, I've invested into the kingdom of God, and I've seen God use those finances to um, save, um, save lives and bless families. It's been awesome. Do that. For, and this is another four, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And basically Jesus is saying, show me your checkbook and I'll tell you what, you what you really care about. That's all Jesus is saying. For where your treasure is. Because where your treasure is, what you invest in. So here's my, number one, don't worry. Why, why, why shouldn't you worry? Why shouldn't you worry? Because when fear grips you, God's got you. And that's not just a phrase, man. It's a way of life. Okay, listen. And why can we be generous? Because when we're afraid not to be generous, we can know when fear grips you, God's got you. And the reason we can trust Jesus, the reason that we can trust Jesus is because Jesus took care of our greatest sin debt. Maybe you're here. Maybe you've never known Jesus to take care of that sin debt for you. I'm telling you. He's for you. He's so for you. You go, but you don't understand. You don't know where I've been. Listen, if I'm going to talk the way you've been talking, I've got a debt the size of the national debt. The things that I've done wrong, I've stolen from my mother. I've stolen from, I've done this, I've done that. And Jesus goes, small change in comparison to my ability to pay for your shame and pay you're, you, you, you find yourself in a debt that's too big for you to pay? Jesus goes, I know, but it's not too big for me to pay. Jesus, he's for you. He's for you. And when Jesus is for you, here's what happens. The boss says, comes at you and says, listen, we're laying people off within the next month. You know, he brings everybody together and he says, listen, uh, times are tough. And we got to give our executives only a million-dollar bonus because times are so tough. So that means a bunch of you are going to get fired, and uh, we're going to give you pink slips and all that stuff, right? That's coming down the line in a month. And everybody else is like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You go, wait, wait. This guy, my boss hasn't been giving me my checks. Jesus has been providing for me my checks. And if he provides my checks from this cat or provides it from some other cat, then I'll just depend on Jesus. And so what do you do? What do you do? You go and you polish off your resume and you put it through the internet and you do the exact same thing that the other guy is doing. The other guy, is what is he doing? He's polishing off his resume. But let me tell you something. There's a beauty, a beauty when you polish your resume and go, I wonder what adventure you have for me next, Jesus. This has been a fun place to be. But I tell you, I'm not, I'm not sad to lose Susie over there. She's a pain in the neck. I can't wait to work somewhere else. And you put that in, and you go like that. And, and we trust Jesus. Because Jesus was the one who provided the paycheck. 
It wasn't my ability or it wasn't my boss. Oh, uh, somebody else comes in. The, 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 the landlord comes in and they do to you what they did to us one time. They hiked our rent every month $100 until we moved. Because it was a two-family house and they could do that. $100 a month. For like four or five months. And you could get, what are we going to do? How are we going to pay the rent? What are we going to do? And then you fight with your spouse or you kick the cat or whatever you do, right? Or, or when you're super stressed out. No, let's face it. When we're, stressed out about, when we're stressed out about finances, that opens the door to a lot of sin, doesn't it? Right? Right? We click on things we shouldn't click. We buy things we shouldn't buy. We overeat and overspend. We do all sorts of crazy stuff. No, no, no. We're going to go like this. We're going to go, oh, well, well, all right. Well, this landlord, if Jesus is providing for me a home in heaven. Will he not provide for me a home right here? I'm telling you, and I've told you, I've been homeless twice, almost three years all combined, and I've never slept on the street. One time, one day I slept on the street, but it was because I was um, on, uh, there were tickets being sold for Guns N' Roses. Anybody remember Guns N' Roses? <laughs> it's the only time I ever slept on the street. The only time. But it was Guns N' Roses. So you could understand. Listen. Listen. When fear grips you, God's got you. Because God had you at the cross, that when you owed more than you could pay to your shame and guilt, Jesus paid the debt, and he paid it all. And now he's given you his righteousness. And if you could trust Jesus with your heaven, you can trust Jesus with your rent. If you could trust Jesus with your salvation, you can trust him with your electric bills. And if you do what we're asking you to do in budgeting, remember what we said? Remember what we said? Calculate what you owe. Write down your expenses. Make a budget. Stick to the budget. Give, save, spend the rest. What you're going to find is that God is going to, yeah, you're going you're gonna to rejoice in Jesus. Because when fear grips you, remember, God's got you.